It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. We are live. As Cheryl pokes me in the eyeball, this is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your hosts, Karen Frazier and me, Chucky G. Good evening, ladies. Good evening, listeners. Good evening, world. I think I've covered everything. There you go. Hi, guys. How's it going? No, because what about the universe? Oh, good evening, universe. And all spirits involved also. There you go. How's that? Is that good? Probably. Okay, good. Well, it's going to be an interesting evening because we have our pre-recorder, Mr. Gerard Otson. He is a researcher, speaker, author. I'm not going to say too much about it because you'll hear it in the interview. But, yes, we have that going on. Um, we're going to do some news. We're going to do some chatting. So we're going to do some stuff. <laughs> we just saw the Karen's face. I wasn't even sure how to take that face. So, uh, yeah, we're going to okay. do All right. All right. We're going to do a little bit of everything. Here we go. All right, so anything new with you guys? Anything, Karen, you want to share? Anything, Cheryl, you want to share? Or uh, anything? Anything new? Come on, it's got to be something new in your life. Come on. One um, thing. One thing new in my life. Yes. I'm doing. I'm doing the Neo Woodstock experience tomorrow night. I get to dress up like a hippie. What? And the? dance to music from Woodstock. That's exciting. Really? That's what you're doing. That sounds fun. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's how I'm oh. spending my Friday night. God, you're gonna get like the glow sticks or the glow, the glow rings and the. I like, don't know. Yeah. Did they have those at Woodstock? This is this is authentic. I'm gonna put oh, on I'm, my patchouli and my tie dye and my bell bottoms, and I'm gonna put okay. flowers in my hair. Good question. If anybody out there knows, that they have like they had the glowy things in those days. I'm pretty sure they did. I'm pretty sure they did. I don't know, but yeah, I guess yes, I'm going, to, doobies, I'm going to. Dance and dancing, peace, love, and and. Let enjoy. Ah, yep. No, there will be no doobies because <laughs> it's a dance exercise. So, but that's part of Woodstock, man. Getting drunk, getting stoned. Come on, that's what they did in the '60s. Oh, and lots of love, lots of love. Free love. Well, that's why I have my patchouli, and I have flowers for my hair. Oh, oh, we gonna do the. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it like the crown flower thing that you did? Uh, like, of course it is. Oh, oh it's just asking. Okay. Yeah, of course it is. Oh, you'll look very pretty, I'm sure. I'm so, gonna be super, super hippie. Super hippie? You're gonna be a super hippie. Mm-hmm. Peace, love, man. Hey, so Cheryl, anything exciting on your end? I mean, you gonna do some hippie in or what? I will not be doing any Nia hippie dancing, but I will be going <laughs> to see Star Trek, the new Star Trek movie. I'm excited about oh. that. There's a new Star Trek movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. We know what Karen doesn't pay attention to. <laughs> yeah, All right. I like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. Really Live long good. and prosper. Can you, do the, can you do the... Can you do the... I actually... I really like those movies a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't really pay attention to a lot of those things. But you guys got me watching that Stranger Things on um, mm. Netflix. I'm only two episodes in because I'm a little busy right now. I'm working on a cookbook, but um, yeah. 
Oh, that's a great show. We binge watched it last weekend when it came out on Netflix, and I won't spoil it. But I would like to. I would excellent. like to watch it actually. Mm-hmm. It has such a great little '80s vibe. Uh, somebody said it was very Goonies, and I don't know because I haven't seen Goonies, but it definitely has an '80s kind of vibe to it. Well, hold yeah. on, hold on, back up, back up, back up. Did you yeah. just say you haven't seen Goonies? I know she just said she hasn't seen Goonies. No, I, just, I haven't I, seen Goonies. I'm trying to take that in at the moment. I'm in shock. <gasps> that when we saw the Goonies beach and the Goonies rock when you were here. I know, but I'm still, I say, I I still be shocked about it. I know, the Goonies and with the hole in the rock, and you're like, what? I'm like, OMG. Really? Whoa. I was all excited. I'm like, there's the rock from Goonies. <gasps> there's the Tom from Goonies. Oh my god! Karen, awesome. you haven't seen Ghostbusters. You haven't seen Goonies. You haven't seen what? What did you say? Lord of the Rings. What else haven't you seen? I have not seen Lord of the Rings. No. Oh my I have. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen anything other than the original three Star Wars movies. I haven't seen any of the other Star Wars movies. Well, those, okay, those are the good ones, anyways. Those are the best ones, yeah. Yeah. Did, did you see Indiana Jones? Have you seen that? I have seen every Indiana Jones, and oh, I really, really okay. hated the last one. Yeah, I know. With the crystal good. skulls. Yeah. No, that's not good. No, but well, the other ones are great. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. So I've seen the Indiana Jones movies. Okay. I just, you know. I've never been a movie person, particularly. You're missing out. You should go. You should see some of those. Goonies is great. You I do. To... You know, and every once in a while, I'll get in a mood, and 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 it's whatever I can find on like Netflix now to watch. I watch a lot of documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. that's good. And I like like classic movies and stuff. So I do. I ultimately I get around to them. You know. How, how about the Lost Boys? You've seen. Come on, you have somebody seen. Um, you know, I probably did years ago. It was Kiefer Sutherland in it. Yes. yes. Yeah, I saw oh, it. And like C. Thomas Howell or something like that. No. 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 Corey Haim. <laughs> Corey Haim, yeah, yeah. okay. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Uh, Jason yeah. Patrick. Patrick. Yeah, I saw it. It was a long time ago. But, you know, so I do. I, I watch a movie here and there. Um, I just. Okay. We're just you checking. know, I've seen some Stone like it hot. Oh. Uh, Roman <laughs> Holiday. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Those are good. Right. Swing time with Fred Astaire. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I've seen, um, uh, oh, shit, uh, Casablanca. <sighs> That's a good one. That's mm-hmm. a really good one. Do, you guys, oh, do seen... you guys watch The Strain, the TV show The Strain? Uh-uh. Yes. yes. Okay, Chuck, I'm not surprised oh, you watch. Yeah. No, I love it. I was still waiting for season two to come out, though. I haven't I've seen one. I'd be, I, every time I go to the store, it's like, no. come on, I need two. I need two. I need two. And, uh, oh, you haven't no seen two. it? Oh, no, there's okay. two out. There's well, the three third season's about to start here in August. Oh my god! Well, how no. about what, what, wait? Is that on Netflix? No, no, no. It's a regular series. It's on FX. Is oh, it on FX or Spike? Wait, which which TV channel is uh is uh, the yeah, uh, It's on I'm FX, I think. I'm gonna have to check it then because I only seen the first season. So oh, here's yeah. the thing yeah. with TV yeah. shows: if I can't watch it online or Jim's not home, I don't really watch it. Because when I try to turn on the TV, he's got like all this weird stuff hooked up to it, and I can never actually get it to TV. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I give up. Is, I'm yeah. just gonna read a book. I'm like, Chad, go. can you just turn the regular TV back on when you're done with the games and all that other stuff, please? It would be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. All right. Well, um, I have some really weird stuff that I like to uh, read. If that's okay, if we could get started, would that be all right? Yeah, that would be great. Okay, roll it. Just when you thought the world couldn't get any weirder, it's time for news of the strange. 
Well, look at that. We had the intro today. That's beautiful. Wonderful. Thank you, Cheryl, for that wonderful intro. Okay, the first one I got up is Alien Skull Found? This comes from express.co.uk. Okay, so the strange skeleton head described as 50% bigger than the standard size version was found by Danish contractors replacing old sewage pipes workers where you... Workers on Sealand Island. The workers were digging out the hundred-year-old pipes when they found the skull under a building. Hey, Chucky G. Hey, Chucky G. Sorry to interrupt. You're roboting again. You're robot to where we can't even make out your words. It's true. You might try and get closer or something. Here, see. Look at. I'm right on top of the mic. That's not helping. Hmm. What goes on Uh, there? Here, I don't know what's going on right here. I don't know. Hey, you know what? Let's try this. Okay. What are we thinking now? All right. It's, there we I go. I think it's working. Okay. Yeah, let's roll again. So do you hear it was alien skulls found, right? You heard that part? Got it. All right, that part. It. it was bigger right. than the, the, nor- the standard size model. There you go. The workers were digging out this uh, the 100-year-old pipes when they found the skull under a building that once belonged to a butcher, it is alleged. Experts at a veterinarian college in Copenhagen who examined the finding concluded... Although resembling a mammal, certain features make it impossible to fit into the animal into the Linnean taxonomy. The scientists could not link it to any known species on Earth. Subsequently, carbon dating of the skull at the university uh, from scientists discerned it was 800 years old, which only added to the mystery as it was found within pipes of just a century old. The skull was found in 2007, but it was not looked at by scientists until just recently. Further excavation of the area found only animal bones, stone axes, and equipment from the Neolithic period. Nothing else could be linked to the skull. So right now, the mystery still stands because they have no, they, I, there's no answer to the, to the story right now. So It's a mysterious I, skull. Cool. Yes, and I did see the really cool uh, picture of it, and it does look like the way it's shaped, you know, like you would think an alien head shaped. That's exactly how it was shaped, so it's kind of weird. Okay, next one is, oh, look at this. Goldie Hawn's Ouija board story from the 80s will give you chills. So we just had the Ouija, you know, last week, so I figured, you know, or, yeah, so let's just talk about this. Okay, so here's how the story goes. One evening back in 1980, Hawn was enjoying a few glasses of wine at home with her partner, Kurt Russell. As the two were about to call it a night, someone, something caught their eye, their children's old Ouija board. Um, she, uh, Kurt Russell said, we got to throw this thing out and get rid of it, burn it. But before we do, why don't we try it out? So Hans suggested that, yeah, let's try it out. So Russell, Russell, a skeptic, agreed, and together with the company's nanny slash friend, they sat down to give the board a go. I was taking the letters down. Kurt was blindfolded at one end, of, and our nanny was blindfolded at the other. And they could not see where the thing was going, referring to, of course, the planchette. Uh, she opened the Ouija session with a question, who is with us now? On every letter, the planchette stopped. On wrote it down. It spelled out, new baby Russell. She goes, I got the chills as I saw this transpiring. At the time of the Ouija board, Hawn had two children, Oliver and Kate Hudson, with her ex, and she was not yet pregnant with her third child. She asked another question. Do you know what you want to be? And it spelled out happy. Uh, she then continued, who is willing you? You know, in other words, who's willing you to, to come forward? Oliver. She just sat there staring at the board, totally taken aback. While this was happening, Han points out that Russell and the nanny remained unaware of the Ouija board was spelling. Suddenly, young Oliver upstairs wakes up in his bed. He comes running down the stairs. 
Uh, she says it was like two in the morning. He says, Mommy, I'm scared. He had to experience some sort of a weird nightmare coming face to face with the shadow of a young boy, as he puts it. Han puts Oliver back to bed and returns to the Ouija board with one more question. Do you know that you're coming to me? He says, yes. Bye-bye, Mommy. Later, on July 10th in 1986, because this is an older story, of course, Han gave birth to Wyatt Russell. So I thought that was kind of cool that it kept coming with the messages and connecting to her son, who was kind of like connected to the boy. And then he wound up, you know, being born, of course, to the family. That's pretty cool. What do you think? Do you think it was cool? I thought it was cool. That's pretty cool. It was. Okay. And then this one is just really off the charts weird, but, you know, I was going to find that really weird one. Not really sure what this is, but it said spa offers dog exorcisms. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, TorontoSun.com. Okay, uh, I know some dogs who need it. Okay, there you go. A Japanese dog spa has taken pet pampering to a whole new level by offering exorcisms for their furry guests. Uh, the D. Kershima Spa not only offers the latest informal uh, doggy owner diners and spa baths, yes, together in the same bath they can eat and whatever, okay, but also a package called the Pet Dog Exorcism Plan. Pretty interesting. A senior Shinto priest will come to the spa to conduct a ceremonial blessing to rid your puppy of bad spirits and pray for its future health. The ceremony is especially suggested for dogs in their unlucky health years. I'm not really sure what the unlucky health years are, but all right. Seven-year-old, 10-year-old, and 13-year-old dogs need to be, oh, there you go, be careful of their health as it's easier for those years for them to get diseases of aging, of course, according to the spa's pitch for the package. The exorcism for your dog is celebrated along with its owner at the shrine within the hotel. And at last, it only takes about 30 minutes. So there you go. If you think your dog needs an exorcism, go to Japan and you can get one done. And that All is right. for this week. There you go. Very so I, I was like, um, I thought I had to read that twice. I'm like, I'm sorry. Did it really just say dog exorcism? I don't know. How would you know your dog's like possessed? I mean, don't dogs kind of sometimes just go whack they away? They just seem you know? like they are. Usually. Yeah, they chase their tails and run around. No, we know, no, we know. The dog here, Coco, he's, she bounces right off the walls, the tail whacking every. It's just running circles for no apparent reason. Yeah, so. I think my dog Sophie might be possessed, but I think she's just <laughs> she's either possessed or just really, really stupid. I suspect it's probably really, really stupid. <laughs> well, there you go. You could have the uh, you have a stupid dog package. You could have one of those. Right? So you have a stupid dog, huh? That is yes. right. We can make your dog more intelligent and not chase its tail. I don't think you can make dogs more intelligent. No, you can't do that. I just, no, I just, I just think that you know they come to they come to Earth with the same amount of brains that they leave it with, and so do we, though, as people. So there you go. <laughs> well, there you go. So yes, because we have the dogs here, and then my other son has the cat. So. So, um, are you guys uh, like you know? I know you have dogs and everything, but what about you? Have a cat too, though. So we have, have a cat. Yeah. <laughs> okay, to answer my question. I was like, going, where do, which way do we lean, ladies? Dogs or cats? I am a dog person. Uh, the cat has us actually. The cat was starving to death in our garage, and I couldn't let her starve to death, so I fed her and. Um, we took her to the vet. We were going to try and give her to somebody, but we wanted to make sure she was in good health first. And uh -huh. the vet said, no, she's probably dying. Um, she's got this jaundice, which tells me she has liver disease. She'll be dead within six months. So we're like, oh, my God, we can't give somebody a cat who's dying, right? So the person who wanted the cat, we were like, we're sorry, we can't give it to you. And so they got another cat. 
And then we took it back to another vet, and she was like, no, it's just long-term starvation. She's fine. So 10 years okay. later, we still have the cat. <laughs> Cheryl, are you, are you cats or dogs, or both? Or? No, um, neither. Don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I were if I were forced to ha- pick, I'd I'd pick a, well, I, I a like cute that, little fluffy just, dog. Yeah, you're not I mean, a I pet like person. I'm not a pet person. No. Yeah, I'd like them. I just wouldn't have them in my house. I mean, not my house. You know. I mean, it's, it's okay to go to other people's houses. I like animals. I just you know just don't want to have to take care of one because it's like kids. You know, I already had kids and I want to do that again. Oh, thank you. I love animals. So, okay. Well, I hey, so I'm excited about this Metaphysically Fit Fest that's coming up that I'm hosting on July 23rd from 12 to 8 at the Riverfront Bicentennial, Bicentennial Riverfront Park, we should call it correctly, in New Yorkville, Illinois. Um, I like to keep saying it's meta- metaphysical, but it's not. It's metaphysically fit fest. But it does have, you know, a lot of stuff like yoga and meditation. And, you know, so it's kind of like a mix of the two, but I just got to make sure I say it correctly. But, yeah, it's going to be fun, man. It can be vendors and raffles and... Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going on, man, and food and all that. But, of course, the universe decides, you know what? Let's make it 93 degrees that day, shall mm. we? 93 degrees is lovely. Oh, yeah, it's lovely, all right. Love you if you want to sweat your little booty off. <laughs> I don't need to sweat my booty off. So, But that's all right. I'll have like a spray bottle and water, and it'll be fine. You'll be fine. Put on. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm gonna go ahead and promote the show and the website and the magazine, so everyone will know about us. There you go. Cool. Well, I've been doing a week of giveaways on my author Karen Fraser Facebook page. I've been giving away stuff, man. You've been giving away stuff, and what kind of stuff have you been giving away? I gave away some readings, some psychic readings. Nice. Um, I gave away some phenakite. Nice. I gave away some copies of cookbooks. Oh, cool. Today, I gave away some copies of my Crystals for Healing books. Oh, I like that book. I have that one. And I have one more I'm going to do tomorrow. Nice. There you yes. go. I, think, I feel I, I should write a book now or start to figure out how to make put a book together because everybody else has books. I don't know if I would be... Worthy. Yes, it's just it's just something you do because everybody else is doing it. That's really why I did it. So what, what are you saying? I can't do it because everyone else is doing a book? Is that what you said? No, but you said, well, everyone else is doing it, so I might as well. And so I was, well, giving, left you out. Sar- I was I giving you a sarcastic, well, I yeah, know that's you why are. I did it, because everybody else did it. I know. I would expect no less from you. But yes, I know. I actually, it would be kind of cool to write a book about what I've gone through. I mean, I think it would be fun to do that, you know. I just don't know how well I would be good at it. So, it would be fun. Be you don't neat. know until you try. I know. That's what my mom used to tell me. Thank you very much. You know, it's funny though. Is when you when you talk to people and they say, "Well, what do you do?" and I say, "Well, I'm a, a writer." Well, what do you write? Well, I write books and I write this and I write that. Almost every person always says, "Oh, I have this book I want to write." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she's saying. I have the the ideas of so many people's books floating around in my head. I have to like clear it out every once in a while, and I think it's great. But yeah, it's uh, you know everybody everybody has the book has that one book in them. Mm, yeah, well, I've always, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to like to write. Anyways, I used to write and do like little like short stories, and you know, I always loved writing. I just was never good at like sitting still long enough to write something long. You know what I mean? So that's why. uh other things were easier, like articles and stuff were easier than trying to, 
You know, I mean, cause I have to give you guys kudos. That's a lot of time to sit down and put to, to do it. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, you know, it, there, it takes some organization and some planning and and some um, some perseverance and all of that stuff for sure to write a book. Oh yeah, perseverance, hundred percent there, man. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll be like, okay, I'm going to write this book. How much do I got? Oh, I got two sentences. Oh, I'm tired already. I need to take a break. Yeah, that's, you know, it's just not very good for if you're going to You know what? That's how I am with fiction. Um, So, yeah, I I write um, short stories because I can kind of stick with a short story long enough to get to the end of it. But I have never had an interest in writing a novel um, just because... (laughs) <laughs> I know. It's like, ah, it's like, you know, when I write articles and stuff, it's like, whoa, that's long. It's To me, that's long, you know, and it's like, for you guys, it's like, spit in the barrel, you know, but uh, I, yeah, I couldn't see, like, writing all those big old novels, man. That's a lot of, that's some serious time putting, you know, so. Well, it's not necessarily even for me the time. I don't know why. I like doing short stories. I just, I have never really had an interest in doing the novel. Yeah. Yeah, I've been more of a visual person, like filmmaking and stuff. I, that's usually well, see, like, but that's just it. There are other ways to tell stories, and so you don't have to tell a story by writing a book. You can tell a story in a way that you that you enjoy telling a story. Yeah, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. So, um, so when we come back from break, then we're going to go ahead and we're going to we're going to run the 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 uh, interview. Is that correct, Cheryl? We're going to do that then. Yeah, we're going to go to break and then we'll just roll right into the interview and then we will be back live after the interview. I think the interview is about forty five minutes, so stick around. We'll uh, chat some more after the interview. All right. All right. Are we going to break now? Then, is if that... you would like, you you are you are in control. I was just making sure that's what we were doing. Yes. Oh well. I guess we might as well then. Let's do it. Uh, We'll go to break and then we'll come back with our interview. Stick around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark here on MixLR. We'll be right back. Hey, great t-shirt. I've heard of that place. It's really supposed to be haunted. You wear such cool t-shirts. You must have been, what, to every haunted spot in the country? Well, not really. I'm a member of HauntedShirtClub.com. I get a great t-shirt from a different haunted place every month along with an info card with photos and stories and more. I can hardly wait to open it every month. Wow, I have to check that out. HauntedShirtClub.com, right? Yep, that's it. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier, co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. Thanks for listening to the show. You've probably read my column in Paranormal Underground Magazine. I write columns about energy healing, metaphysics, and also dream interpretation. But did you know I also am an author of multiple books about metaphysics and the paranormal? You can learn more about the books that I've written on my website, authorkarenfraser.com. That's author, Karen, K-A-R-E-N, Fraser, F-R-A-Z-I-E-R.com. Hey everyone, if you can't get enough of Paranormal Underground, then I've got good news for you. We're on social media. You can find us on Twitter, 
on Facebook, and I think even on MySpace, and nobody has a MySpace page anymore. So check out Paranormal Underground on your favorite social media site today. My name is Daryl E. Berry Jr., longtime practitioner, researcher, and explorer of things metaphysical, mystical, and cutting edge, and founder and director of Next Density, a research, education, and development effort for personal and thus global progress, transformation, and development. My current and upcoming books include Travel Far, Classes on A Course in Miracles, and Next Density. For my books and other writings, videos, interviews, public talks, and workshops, and to schedule for consultations, classes, and courses, visit DarylEBerryJr.com or NextDensity.org. Next Density. Change yourself. Hello, everyone. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with your host, Chucky G. This is a special one-on-one interview with Gerard Artisan. He is a speaker, researcher, and author of such books as George Adamski, A Herald for the Space Brothers, Here to Help UFOs and the Space Brothers and Priorities for a Planet in Transition. Good. I should say good evening, Gerard. How are you? Uh, hi, Chuck. I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good. I'm fine. I got I had thrown off there a little bit because I'm like I'm saying good evening, but actually for me it's like uh, eleven in the morning, so you know it's a little different. We're a little different on the time zones there, Gerard. Um, yeah, but we're uh, connecting on the on the yeah. wave, so uh, we're right. there. We're, we're both we're there. Connect, we're connecting on that level, Gerard, and that's always yes, good. exactly. Um, so okay, so I, I I wanna there's oh there's so many questions I, I gotta ask. So I guess I gotta start somewhere. Um, how about if you just kind of give our listeners a little bit of who you are, um, so that way then when we're talking, they're not totally confused at what we're talking about. Just give us a little background on yourself, you know, a little sure. quick Yes. Yeah. Um, I actually started as a student of what is has become known as the Ageless Wisdom Teachings, um, first put out into the modern world by uh, Madame Blavatsky in her books, Isis Unveiled and, and The Secret Doctrine, later expanded on uh, through um, Alice Ann Bailey from from Britain, Great Britain, uh, although she lived in the United States uh, for, the, for a large uh, part of her life. Um, and most recently um, uh, by Benjamin Cram, a British artist. And uh, life on other planets uh, is, you know, is, is a, a given in these teachings. Um, um, the concept of life being one is, is the basis, uh, I would almost say, as, uh, for these, uh, of these teachings. It's a, it's a principal tenet, a principal premise. Um, on which these teachings are based, and when I and and you know I've I've been I've been studying this uh, this material and I've been involved with uh, with uh, the work that Benjamin Cram has been doing since 1974 of informing the world of the uh, imminent emergence of the teacher for the new age, mm-hmm. and when I found. Um, when was it? In in 2007, 2008, roundabout, about George Adamski's first book. I hope readers are aware, are familiar with George Adamski as the uh, mm-hmm. the first contactee in the 1950s to come forward with his story of having met a being from space who stepped out of the flying saucer that had landed in right. the uh, California desert in, in November 1952. Mm. Um, and he became famous for the, the books that he wrote about his experiences, which went on for years after that. Mm. Um, 
notably the first book uh, which he co-authored with um, Desmond Leslie, uh, Flying Saucers Have Landed, and, and uh, his second book, Adamski's second book, um, Inside the Spaceships, mm-hmm. and his third book, Flying Saucers Farewell. But then in 2007 or 2008, I came across his very first publication, which was titled Wisdom of the Masters of the Far East. The Masters oh. of the Far East being the group of enlightened beings, the great white brotherhood, the uh, spiritual hierarchy of of the planet. uh, Mm -hmm. um, They were the source, are the source for these ages and the custodians of these ages wisdom teachings. So there, there was a direct link between my my own background as a Mm -hmm. student of these wisdom teachings and the the contactees of the 1950s and, and the visitors from space. Right. And that is what triggered my research into mainly the early contactees, but mm-hmm. especially also uh, how their accounts relate to the wisdom teachings. Mm-hmm. And while you were talking about like the earlier contactees, uh, they uh, if you start to break it down and connect them all, there was a main message given to them. Um, though it seems that uh, it was mainly ignored for some reason. Um, what... what what was the main message that you know uh, of the imminent of what's happening on Earth now? Was the main message we're all one? I mean, was it a combination of the two? What was what was the message that they were all pretty much getting that was being ignored? Well, the the central message, the core of the the message is always whether it's from the masters of wisdom, uh, mm-hmm. we, who have evolved out of Earth humanity, or from right. the uh, the space brothers uh, or the space visitors, is mm-hmm. always life is one, and we right. have to learn to live as one, uh, mm-hmm. or else right. we will destroy ourselves. And you right. know, if you look around the world today, we see that. Uh, you know, we see the dangers piling up. The crises mm-hmm. in all departments of human life are are piling up at an unprecedented rate, and they are all, in one way or another, uh, caused by the fact that we have so far refused to to live as one and recognize our our innate oneness as a human family of right. brothers mm-hmm. and sisters, basically. Yeah, yeah, and I find that interesting that you speak about that because. Uh, I'm a psychic medium. We talk on a spiritual level of how there's a spiritual, I don't want to say uprising, but there's a spiritual a change coming across the planet with people who are, are being uh, awakened, uh, finding out they have uh, special gifts, uh, and the same message is coming across to, uh, at least I, uh, from my end, is the mm. same thing, is trying to get people to connect as one. We're all, we're all one on the inside. You know, We're all the same. And to, yes. to, to connect to that. Um, and I find that that's an interesting statement when we're talking about, you know, and I would say like, you know, ufology, aliens, extraterrestrials. Um, so I guess one of my questions would be, since we're on this topic, is that when we're talking about extraterrestrials, we're talking about uh, ethereal beings or whatever, are, is it all the same? You know, in other words, are we talking like, you know, when they talk, normally when people talk about aliens, they talk about, let's just for a better lack of word, we're talking about the greys and all this kind of stuff. Are we not talking about uh the outer shell, we're we talking about the inner shell or the soul or the energy within us. Is it that we are, are they're not really aliens per se, and I, you can't see my air quotes, but more of maybe human souls that have passed on that are now transcending to a different uh, way of being? Or, the, you know, plus there's other beings out there that are sort of the same as we would consider ourselves inside 
as uh, an energy or a soul. Does that make sense? I mean, is it all the same, really, relatively? Mm, yeah, but I think I think you're very close on the mark there. The idea is that you know we humanity, human beings, we are souls in incarnation, and, and mm-hmm. that is the one of the basic uh, premises that that uh, the Theosophical Society, founded by Madame Blavatsky, uh, put out into the world, it, and and that forms the basis of the Ages Wisdom teachings. We are souls in incarnation. Okay. And our purpose in life is to to evolve in terms of consciousness, physical evolution. You know, on this planet is uh, mm-hmm. of, for for our bodies in in in, um, in, uh, in effect is almost completed, uh, but in our consciousness still needs to evolve and um, the purpose of humans on this planet is to evolve to the point where we can uh, demonstrate the divine nature of our souls on the physical plane in physical incarnation and that is the same throughout the universe apparently if we go by the accounts of the uh, contactees Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look around the world, we see people of all shapes and sizes and colors, etc. And right. it it's it only stands to reason that if we if we would be able to go to another planet and, and look at life, how life expresses there, how humanity has evolved there, that you know, humans will the the souls in incarnation on those planets will look different from us, in right. maybe type you know in, in the sense of of skin texture, color, mm-hmm. height. Etc. Etc. But okay. they're still humans. They're still souls in incarnation. Uh, whether they are on planets that are far evolved uh, compared right. to us, or uh-huh. or not not nearly as as uh, far evolved as as we are, and according to the teachings, we are sort of halfway in our evolution for this solar system. Okay. Um, so it's it's all the same in that sense. Yeah, we're we're all. Um, uh, humans, we're all souls in incarnation, okay. uh, and I, I personally—that's the reason why I never use the word aliens, because right. you know there is nothing outside life. Mm-hmm. Life right. is one, and right. and it expresses maybe in slightly different appearances, but mm-hmm. but life is one, and uh, that that goes throughout cosmos. That's the that's the only way it can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that uh, concept because you know. Um, I mean, I, I've always felt that kind of the same way, you know, whether, whatever universe you're in, wherever you're at, whatever plane, whatever dimension, I mean, you can get really far into it esoterically. Um, I, I really feel that we are just come from one specific energy, you know, I think we're all, and I think we're all connected and that's the important message that I try to get across. Mm. Now, when we talk about, um, uh, we'll use that word aliens just for lack of better lack of a word. Um, I, I found like, works for me. yeah, okay, all right, that's cool. Extraterrestrials, yeah, uh, ETs. Um, when we talk about that, we, we, you do not subscribe to the notion of abduction, experiments, that kind of stuff. Um, if we're talking about you know physical beings, also, um, why don't why do you not feel that that's uh, a possibility? Um, well, first of all, I think, and and there's several people through, you know, in the past six decades, who um, who have expressed the same notion from their respective uh, fields of expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, if if people uh, beings from other planets have the technology to travel space 
in such a way that they can get this themselves here with their ships mm -hmm. in their crafts um, it doesn't really make sense that they would be so backward in in biology that they need to experiment on us <laughs> yes, you know? yeah, that, yeah, that uh, sense. if you yeah. live if you listen to Robert Salas uh, the former uh, Air Force captain I believe uh, in the US Army um, who made a statement at a uh, press conference in in Washington DC uh, I believe it was 2012 I'm not entirely sure um, saying you know he was testifying to the fact that that ufos have been uh, seen uh, over nuclear installations uh, nuclear weapons bases um, mm -hmm. uh, for many many years and he personally he has personally seen them himself and mm -hmm. uh, testified that they were capable of uh, neutralizing uh, disarming in a way the uh, the nuclear weapons wow. without destroying anything Mm -hmm. You know, this is this is well documented, and he says if they came here with a hostile intent, they would have done more damage. But in right. fact, it, it, he says, and and many others seem to agree, many contactees from the early days, from before the disinformation campaign started, mm -hmm. um, have said that they're here to warn us about the dangers of nuclear power, nuclear technology, nuclear weapons, mm -hmm. which for the most part our scientists are unaware of because right. these, these these dangers apart from the obvious dangers of, of radiation and and uh, uh, you know w with with cancer as a result in our physical bodies there's uh, there's dangers on the etheric planes of matter above the the solid planes of matter uh, our, our bodies being the precipitation, physical precipitation, uh, from the etheric planes of matter, and and you know that's where when those when our etheric bodies are being damaged by nuclear radiation on those levels, that's mm -hmm. where lots of the causes of Alzheimer uh, comes from. All the you oh. know the increased instances of Alzheimer are yeah. basically a direct result of of that nuclear um, uh, pollution. Mm -hmm. contamination on those levels and it's uh, it's for that reason also why um, apparently the uh, the work of the space people who are coming here for the largest part is to neutralize to the to the greatest possible extent the uh, the negative effects uh, of um, of that uh, uh, contamination and and that uh, pollution mm -hmm. I mean it's funny that you, it, it makes like it's so simplistic it makes so much sense that when you say, well, if they can build a spaceship, why are they going to come in here, like, cutting us up to, to look at our biology? Exactly. It's, it's, it's kind of funny if you think about it. Um, so um, if they're – so then why how, – how do you explain, like, people that feel that that's happened? How do you – I mean, is it because they're – when they're connecting with us uh, or connecting to these people maybe on a uh, – a mental level or a spiritual level or however you want to call it, you think maybe it's just an overload, they can't handle it, so that's it, it kind of like throws off their 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 thought process and then it kind of imbues this thing in their subconscious, or what do you think? Yeah, well, in, in my latest book, Priorities for a Planet in Transition, I actually offer uh, an ap explication for my research method, and okay. I... I um, uh, I use that against some of the more outrageous claims, uh, such as abductions and, and etc. And mm -hmm. um, the I think 
the, uh, the problem lies in the fact in in several uh, f areas. Uh, f one, for instance, um, people tend to um, adopt the language that is prevalent in reportings, you know, in, in newspaper or, or popular magazine reports. Uh, so abduction is, uh, since the 1960s, unfortunately, has been the, uh, the the most used word even for regular contact. So a lot of people who have had regular contacts and who have may have been invited on board uh, will almost automatically uh, go and use the word abduction. I was abducted. Um, another explanation, and, and you as a paranormal investigator must be mm -hmm. aware that through the history, you know, the whole of human history, we have built up a very powerful mind belt around the world. And this mm -hmm. mind belt um, is the result not only of the fear of, of you know, the fears and anxieties and the hopes of humanity, but also of um, energies coming from outside the planet, etc. So a lot of it is intermingled with uh, you know it, it's not very clear. It's a rather it can be rather murky pools, and that's why I personally feel that mediums or psychics are mm -hmm. or, or channeled messages are mm -hmm. not always reliable because you you can't be really be sure of the source and mm -hmm. a lot the whole the whole notion of abductions for experiments or hybrid breeding or what have you you know it has become a, a, a solid thought form in that mind belt of itself uh, you know, people, sensitive people who tap into that may experience, some, may think they have experienced it, while in fact it was more of an astral experience and not an mm -hmm. actual factual experience. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, the, the, these, these I think are, are very um, acceptable and, and logical uh, explanations. Mm -hmm. uh, and and for me, the most important the most important argument against abductions and and any kind of uh, negative uh, interaction between extraterrestrial visitors and humanity comes from the fact that if these abductions are real, I mean real in the sense that um, you know that it's extraterrestrials right. and not not for instance uh, government agents. Uh, mm -hmm. who are who, who have set out to uh, scare and confuse the public about the mm -hmm. ET presence okay. um, if they are if they are factual then they should have occurred throughout history mm -hmm. now the interesting thing is we've only began begun to hear about abductions after the disinformation campaign had kicked in before the disinformation, the start of the disinformation campaign in the mid-1950s, mm -hmm. we had cover-ups, but mm -hmm. we also had the contactees who could still speak out fairly freely. I'm talking about people like George Adamski, Buck Nelson, Truman Bathroom, Orfeo Angelucci, um, uh, and, and the several others, not just from the United States, from, from other countries around the world as well, and none of them. Not one single one of them has ever talked about having been abducted or anything like that. These yeah. stories of abductions and negative experiences have only come in after the disinformation campaign started. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. it, again, you know, there's no logic uh, for me to that to that notion and mm -hmm. I, I, see it direct, I see it as a direct result of, of the disinformation campaign, which mm -hmm. has been very, very successful. Okay. Um, you talk about the Space Brothers and we talk about the Elder Brothers. So can you give me 
the differences between the two, what they are and what the differences are. From from our perspective as yes. human beings on this planet, mm -hmm. the yes. Elder Brothers are the masters of wisdom who have evolved out of earth humanity they have gone ahead of us on the path of evolution back to the source for this planet mm -hmm. uh, everyone or everyone uh, throughout uh, cosmos and and also on this planet is engaged on this on this uh, journey along the path of evolution from early animal man when you know the uh, human soul first in takes incarnation in a in a in a physical body more or less human at the dawn of, of humanity the dawn of time on this planet um, and gradually through this process of incarnation uh, reincarnation gaining experiences you know making mistakes and and growing through those mistakes expanding our consciousness um, eventually we come to the point where uh, we reach uh, a definite con point of contact with our souls as you know in 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 conscious awareness and uh, that creates a crisis of consciousness and that's when we start the final part of that journey on the path of evolution um, which is marked by five great expansions of consciousness and and these are called according to the teachings initiations and there's five of them and okay. these five lead one to become a master once you have taken the five fifth initiation um, the human being has transformed into uh, a master of wisdom and in fact these five initiations have been illustrated in in the life of jesus in in the gospel story okay. uh, which is very interesting um, but, but just very briefly the birth of jesus in the manger uh, in the, or in the cave is the birth of symbolic for the birth of the Christ principle or you know the first contact with the soul uh, in the human heart uh, the the baptism in the river Jordan is the second initiation where the the um, disciple um, gains control over his emotional body uh, and the third initiation is symbolized by the transfiguration on the mount in which uh, you gain control over the mental body the fourth initiation was symbolized by the crucifixion in which uh, you renounce all physical bonds and 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 put yourself at the service of you know of, of the the spirit and the fifth initiation of course was uh, symbolized by the resurrection where the physical man has um, has resurrected has overcome death and and basically you become immortal because the master of wisdom no longer needs a physical body uh, to work on this planet and, and indeed most masters of wisdom uh, continue on to higher service on higher planets higher mm -hmm. systems so that's the elder brothers yeah the space brothers are people from the higher planets in our system mainly mm -hmm. or or uh, the people from other planets who have evolved uh, to the point where they can visit us and uh, and they are in many ways very similar to our masters of wisdom in terms of the the level of consciousness that they have attained um, and you know they're all invo involved in this giant service um, for in, in service towards the plan of of their you know the the their planetary logos so the, the planet planet earth 
is the physical manifestation of uh, a great heavenly being, the planetary Logos. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, the Earth humanity, unfortunately, do not realize this and we do not know that we have a very definite part to play in, in that plan. Uh, mm. But we're we're nearing. We, you know, we're actually at the point in um, in time in our evolution where we will reconnect with that reality, and uh, and that that is um, the origin actually for all the crises in the world. Mm-hmm. We have lost sight of the oneness of life. We've lost sight of the fact that we're brothers and sisters. We're lost sight. We've lost sight of the fact that we are so intricately, innately, innately connected to uh, this this giant form of life which we call this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and through you know the economic crisis, the social crisis, the political crisis, the financial crisis, all our systems are are breaking down before our eyes. And that's because we haven't. Um, we haven't acknowledged yet uh, the fact of our oneness, and mm. until we do, uh, these crises will exacerbate and, and get worse, and, and our systems will crash and, and crumble. And there's a there's an, a growing I don't know if you if you keep uh, track of the uh, uh, you know economic experts and the market analysts etc. Mm-hmm. But there's a growing chorus of of uh, experts who expect a, a major crash, and, and I mean a crash more serious than 2008 any mm-hmm. any time now. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so. I'm assuming that since one of my questions, one of the questions you had, the possible questions for you, but my own question anyways, is that's why people from space are interested in what happens on Earth, because we're all interconnected and it's going to, is it like, in other words, what happens here affects all, correct? Absolutely, and okay. you know, and it, this is such a crucial period in the in the uh, evolution of humanity, <clears throat> um, uh, which is why uh, we get so much support from outer space, from brothers and sisters from other planets, <clears throat> because if we make it through this time of transition, mm-hmm. um, excuse me, um, safely, and we make the right choice, if we choose to go forward uh, based on an expression of our oneness, and we mm. choose uh, to cooperate to create justice in this world, economic justice, social justice. If right. we choose to share the wealth of this planet in terms of the food, the, the natural resources, the energy, the know-how, etc., for mm. the benefit of all humanity, then you know there's no end to to what we may achieve. If, however, on the other hand, we choose to continue in our old ways of competition and greed and and increasing conflict and Mm -hmm. growing chaos, we will not long from now, we will destroy ourselves and Mm -hmm. planet with it, you know, and and that would be a serious, uh, serious problem for the solar system because the planet is an integral part of the solar system, which is teeming with life, you know, and and it's very interesting to see more and more pictures of the solar uh, observatory and and, uh, the various probes that have been sent around the solar system. We see lights, we photograph lights on Mars and on Ceres, the largest body, planetary or interplanetary body between, uh, what is it, Mars? and Jupiter, I believe, mm-hmm. 
Um, we see giant structures around the sun. Uh, just recently, I saw a beautiful picture of a, what must have been a spacecraft um, shooting through one of uh, Saturn's rings. So the the universe or the the, uh, the solar system is teeming with life, and all of them are very much concerned and here in support of humanity to uh, to make it through this time of transition. Mm -hmm. Now, when they talk about like you know, and we've talked about you know visitors from Mars, Venus, other planets, and we're talking right now about other systems and stuff. I I, I know my personal feeling on this when when they say, well, science says that you know these these beings, extraterrestrials, and other life can't exist on these planets because they don't support life, but they're basing supporting life on our our thought process of what life needs to be supported. Correct. Yes, you know our science goes by the the carbon-based uh, expression mm -hmm. manifestation of life, which right. is very limited, of course. Mm -hmm. um, if, if just consider uh, science itself um, says that it doesn't know uh, what ninety-six percent of the known universe consists of. And, and for you know, for the for the sake of calculation, well, they've made astrophysical calculations about the mass of the universe, and 96% of it that science doesn't know what it is, what it must be. Uh, so they've named it dark matter and dark energy, but we know it must be there. We've known it must be there since the 1930s. Um, at the same time, uh, we have some avant-garde scientists who have invented things or come up with theories such as uh, Semyon Kurlian who invented a, a method of photography to record the energy radiating from living living organisms yeah or it yeah. has yes well uh, it was later developed to uh, to uh, photograph human auras Kurlian mm -hmm. yeah. uh, photography many yep. people have yep. heard of it yep. and we have Wilhelm Reich Dr. Wilhelm Reich the Austrian doctor who um, uh, who fled the Nazi uh, persecution uh, first to Norway and later he came to uh, the United States but his persecution didn't end because he was involved in discover and he discovered what he called organ radiation mm -hmm. uh, which he uh, says is an all pervasive all permeating type of energy that is everywhere Mm -hmm. um, and we have also uh, the British biologist Rupert Sheldrake, who has uh, put forward the hypothesis of morphogenetic fields, um, from which nature um, retrieves uh, the forms of all the various living entities, plants, and, and animals, etc. And all these. All these uh, ideas and, and developments and inventions, they, they um, point at what uh, the, the wisdom teachings call the etheric planes of matter. Mm -hmm. The etheric planes of matter, we mentioned them before, are four higher planes of matter above the dense physical, the liquid physical, and the gaseous physical that our science knows and that we know. Um, but they're still they're still physical, but they're out of our range of vision because the the atoms on those planes of etheric planes of matter, the subtle planes of matter, vibrate at a higher uh, frequency, uh, so that it falls outside of our range of vision, you know, just as we have light frequencies that are out of, outside our range of vision or uh, sound frequencies that out, are outside our range of, of hearing. Mm -hmm. uh, so there are also 
um, planes of matter that for the time being are out of our range of vision except you know there are people sensitive people who have etheric vision and they can see more and sometimes you know they see what have become what, what we know as fairies or elementals and mm-hmm. natural yes. nature etc yeah. and, and they're very real beings very real parts of life uh, on this planet they they uh, you know, life is much richer than, than we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, those etheric planes of matter are actually where life on the other planets in our system is manifesting. Um, and, you know, so, th- and it makes every sense if you, if you think of the dark matter, dark energy theories and the things that, we, that I just mentioned uh, that have been discovered or, or um, theorized, um, there's every reason to, uh, to take this, uh, this uh, esoteric concept seriously, um, especially with all the, uh, you know, the uh, craft uh, going around the solar system. And the, what we know about UFOs, for instance, and flying saucers, and that's been recorded uh, throughout history, that they can be there one second and they be, can be gone the next second without even seeing them leave or speeding off, etc. Sometimes we right. do see them speed off, but they can appear apparently and, and, and disappear at will. And that is to do with their technology that they can, uh, at, their, at, in, at their level of, of evolution, they can just mm-hmm. decide to lower the rate of, free, uh, rate of vibration of their molecules or atoms so that right. they instantly drop into our range of vision with their craft or with their bodies. Or okay. back to their original state, in which case they will disappear from our vision. Okay. Um, I have a question about that since you, you brought that up and I just something just clicked in my head. Okay, so we're, we're, what you just said. Now, I'm going to bring in paranormal investigating into this this talk just for a second. Sure. So when we're talking about that, you're saying how they can move in and out uh, so we can see that we can't see. And, you know, like when we talk about in, in, in the investigative field, you talk about frequencies and vibrations for uh, audio sounds or you're speaking to the other side or however you want to say it or seeing apparitions or visions. Um, is this all interconnected? Is it like, you know, like are we like maybe tapping into other beings and ETs versus just you know, uh, souls that have passed on. I mean, is it all like more interconnected than that? I think. Uh, in a way, um, when when we talk about extraterrestrials, when I talk about extraterrestrials living yes. on the etheric planes of matter, yes. they are still physical beings, okay. even though we can't see them because they're at a higher rate vibration. Um, etheric is is physical, but subtle physical, subtle matter. Mm-hmm. When we talk about excarnate beings, such as mm-hmm. ghosts or spirits, um, they are usually, according to the teachings, um, the astral remains of people who have passed on, people okay. whose soul has disconnected from the body, so their bodies have died, the souls have gone back, but there's an astral entity remaining because of very strong bonds with a certain location, a house perhaps, or an item, or sometimes people die so unexpectedly that they don't even know that they're dead. And they okay. keep roaming about to, you know, to, to try and connect with what, and, and sometimes they even go on living their lives, going to work, etc., while they're not, they don't even have a body anymore. Wow. Um, okay. So, you know, they, they are 
they they are connected, but they are two different things. The, the astral remains are not a physical entity, and they mm-hmm. are most of the time apparently they are not the soul manifesting, but merely an astral uh, residue that needs time to dissolve, or maybe needs help to dissolve mm-hmm. into its original state. But the gotcha. the beings from space are actual mm-hmm. physical beings, even though mm-hmm. they're on the etheric physical planes. Right. Okay. Good. All right. So now my question, my, my one of my main last questions, so we're getting close, but I, I want to know, okay, so we, we talk about how there has to come a change in our planet. It's either one way or the other. It's going to be a good change or not a not so good change. Um, as far as extraterrestrials, are, are they going to be, are they going to come down and help us? Are they going to be allowed to help us or do we have to make that the change on our own? Is this something we personally have to do? Well, I mean, for a fact, that they they are here and they have been here to help us all along, mm-hmm. even right. though we don't see most of the help that they render. Um, they help in neutralizing the uh, uh, nuclear um, uh, contamination of the etheric planes of matter, but also neutralizing you know other toxic uh, products that we've dumped in the oceans and in mm-hmm. the atmosphere and in the rivers, etc. Um, they have been helping behind the scenes developing a new um, source of energy direct from the sun. Uh, this is information coming from Benjamin Krem. Uh, that will help us with clean and safe and unlimited sources of energy uh, so that we can get rid of the fossil fuel industry and the nuclear industry uh, and, and the and the. Um, uh, uh, pollution that comes from them, mm-hmm. um, and you know it will be free and 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 uh, clean, etc. So, those are two main ways that they have been um, uh, helping. Um, but they're not here to save us. We have to save ourselves. Yeah, and of course, okay. uh, that uh, that will require um, a critical mass of humanity to wake up and make that choice that the present conditions in the world is presenting us with. And of course, um, this will require a a major, major event. And uh, it's not for nothing that this time, you know, the the space people are here at this time of transition from Mm -hmm. the old age of Pisces into the new age of Aquarius. Okay, Uh, yeah, we were talking about that. Yep. We've been aware of the uh, the dawn of the age of Aquarius uh, since, also since uh, the the work by Blavatsky, mm-hmm. um, and we know the the songs from the 1960s. Um, but you know, at the age, according to the wisdom teachings, at the beginning of every new cosmic cycle, the spiritual hierarchy, the masters of wisdom, send a teacher from their midst into the world. Mm-hmm. And over, you know, throughout history, human beings, have, being human beings and with limited consciousness, have uh, formed religions around the teachings that those, a teacher, uh, such such teachers came to bring. Yes. That's how we ended up with all our various religions. But yes. this time, 
the beginning of the age of Aquarius is no different in the sense that there will be a teacher. This time it will be the world teacher himself. Usually in, in previous times, the world teacher would manifest through a disciple like Jesus in Palestine mm -hmm. 2000 years ago. And before that, it was uh, the Buddha who manifested through the Prince Gautama in, uh, in mm -hmm. Nepal and India. Um, but the, the the world teacher, according to Benjamin Krem, will has been in the world since 1977. Has been ready to uh, to emerge before the world since 1982, um, and is actually waiting for humanity to be ready to receive this this enormous gift of of revelation. Um, and the world teacher himself is not going to um, to save humanity. It's impossible. The, right. Nobody can save us except ourselves. But right. his declaration, and he will not be alone uh, after his first declaration, uh, will follow mass, further masters of wisdom as uh, as true evidence of this uh, this uh, uh, kingdom in nature up from the human kingdom. Um, after uh, when he declares himself. Uh, Probably around the time of the major the the major crash and implosion of our structures and systems uh, mm -hmm. that that we now see unfolding, um, he will during his declaration he will present humanity with this basic choice: go forward into the future based on. Uh, the recognition of our oneness of brothers and sisters and cooperate and share, create a trust and, and, and uh, equality and freedom or continue on in your ways of greed and, and competition and destroy yourselves. And we, I think we need, the world needs this major, major um, realization, wake up call almost. And, uh, mm -hmm. and he will give us a, an experience of that, that, uh, profound oneness uh, right. so that uh, en enough people will realize the choice before us and make the correct choice the right choice and from that time on you know blueprints are already waiting to to help us uh, uh, make the transition and and make sure that every man woman and child will be uh, will be able to access the uh, the necessities of life, uh, food, um, you know, education, housing, mm -hmm. healthcare, etc., etc. Yeah. And that yeah. is what this this time is about. You know, this it's not just about realizing that we are one, but also giving expression of that realization on the physical plane. There's no point in in attaining some kind of wonderful um, awareness of of your oneness with the source, with God, or whatever, while people around you are dying right okay do we see this uh, question i get from cheryl actually is do we see this one that's coming like soon is it something that's coming soon or is, well, as i said voice? um i i expect uh, based on you know uh, experts uh, giving their opinions mm -hmm. the experts uh, were the, the economic analysts etc were expecting a major crash last year and i was very surprised that it didn't happen but the number of people expecting this uh, the, the, the financial and economic systems to crash is only growing so uh, you know and, and if you look around the uh, the the fundamental, um, the fundamental building blocks of the financial system, the economic system. It's it's almost a miracle that it's still standing. So I expect it any day now, any day. 
Wow. Okay. And at that time, we will, we will, uh, you know, we we can expect to to see the uh, world teacher step forward. His personal name, according to Benjamin Cram, is Maitreya, and and the Buddhists actually. Uh, expected, or the, the the Buddha, the previous Buddha, Gautama Buddha, uh, foretold the coming of the future Buddha, the fifth Buddha, by name Maitreya. Um, and um, he, uh, Benjamin Cram, has said that uh, he will he he will be stepping forward um, before the world uh, when our systems crash. Okay, so around time. I I I, uh, I could talk to you like forever. But uh, unfortunately, we don't have the forever at the moment. I, I find you extremely fascinating. I, I find your thought process very interesting. Uh, a lot of what I'm going through in my own personal life within the last year and change is kind of like mirroring a lot of what you're saying. So it's kind of like it's, it's blowing my mind right now. But um, unfortunately, we have to we have I'm to. Sorry go. about that. No, it's okay. No, it's a good thing. <laughs> sorry about bad. blowing your mind. <laughs> no, it's a it's a blowing my mind. Oh, it's a, a good thing. A okay. good plane, yeah. Um, but I know we have to go. But before we go, I want you to be able to put out to our listeners, you know, where they can find your books or find out about you really quick, if you wouldn't mind. Yes, if people want to keep track of me, interviews, articles that I publish, or events where I speak, uh, they can visit my website, www.bgapublications.nl. Um, it's an, it's in English, the website. Um, my books are listed there, but not for sale from my website. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they can be bought from the usual suspects, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, and other major uh, online retailers around the world. They're also available in other languages, in my own language, Dutch, but also in French and Japanese. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Um, okay. I, you, you, you named the titles already at the beginning of the show. Yes. Okay. Well, I want to again. I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk thank to us. Thank you so much for having me. It was a it was a pleasure. Okay. Well, you have a good day. Okay. Thank you, and you too. All right. Thanks, Gerard. Thanks. All right, bye bye. Bye bye. Again, this was a one on one with Gerard Artson, uh, who is a speaker, researcher, and author of a lot of really good books. You need to go check them out. Uh, you were listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with me, your host Chucky e. G. So, you're looking for the best in Paranormal Radio. Well, you just found it. Right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So, join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Exploring the unexplained. We are back. That was our interview. Uh, this is Paranormal Radio in the Dark with your host Karen Frazier and me, Chucky e. G. So yeah, I, I thought that was a good interview. I liked talking to that guy. He was very—he was a very interesting guy, Cheryl. You know, mm-hmm. I, I liked him. Uh, yeah, he was—he was really interesting. Um, he had some opinions that were a little different than some that I've held in the past, but it makes you think, you know, when somebody brings up yes. a different opinion than what you've had in some of the... Well, yeah, he was very passionate yeah. about what he was... Yeah, very passionate about what he was talking about. And he, he had a lot to say, so it was like, no, you know, there's no problem with talking to the guy. But he was very nice, too. He's very very uh, nice yes. guy from Amsterdam. Yes, there you go. definitely. <laughs> yes. Well, we did, uh, while the pre-record was playing, we did reach a decision. Chuck is in the middle of a thunderstorm. We're having audio uh, difficulties, so we're actually going to end the show a little early tonight. 
Aww. I can hear the So, um, Cheryl, do you want yes. to quickly promote before we... Yeah. Yeah, I do, actually. And we are working on um, our next two guests, so I will promote beyond the next two weeks. So just check our website. Um, stay tuned for uh, guest announcements. And... Um, on August, let's see what date is it. August 11th, we will be talking to Ken Gerhard, and um, he. Oh, cool. yeah, okay. yeah, we've talked to Ken before in the past. It's been quite a while, but we're looking forward to having him back on. I'm going to talk to him about his new book. It's called A Menagerie of Myster- Mysterious Beasts. And so, oh. yeah, we'll talk to him about cryptids and all sorts. He of He freaked fun me cool out stuff. the last time he was on. <laughs> did he? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, he scary. did. <laughs> Some scary stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then let's go the week after that, August 18th. We will be talking to Brennan Store about his new book, A Strange Little Place. And I've lost my, I've lost my promo on what the book actually was talking about. But but it's about, about a strange, a strange place. little place. And I have a feeling it has to do with uh, paranormal <laughs> activity. So that's uh, August that's 18th. Uh, so yeah, check it out. Come back next week. We will be here. And thank you for listening to our preview. We don't know what today. we're going to be talking about, but we'll be here. Oh yeah, we'll be we here. We will be here. <laughs> Yay. And hopefully nobody will be having a storm and we'll be able to hear each other and stuff. Yeah, man, I just saw the lightning out my window right here. It's Uh-oh. Time to go. All right, so here we go really fast. Come back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover states. Thank you for listening to this abbreviated episode of Paranormal <laughs> Underground Radio in the Dark. We're going to get Chuck off the air now so that he does not get killed. Thank so you. thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> Have a good night. Bye-bye. Good night. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, Email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something paranormal.